Welcome to episode five of season four. If you just joined, this is Maria from at Maria the Arcane on Instagram, and I'm joined by our supreme overboard s Robin of At a Tired Witch on Instagram. I am the overlord. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Uh, I wanted to take a moment. Well, we both want to take a moment. Mm-hmm. You first and foremost, uh, thank all of our Patreon members. Without you guys, the podcast wouldn't happen. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. And to remind you that if you are in the podcast library tearing up, this month we will be joined on March 18th by John Tenney of Weird Lectures to talk about a whole bunch of different things. He's going to talk about the occult and weirdness and give us one of his amazing lectures that he's literally like world renowned for. So very, very, very excited for that. I think it's going to be great. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. <laughs> also, I do want to say that with the spring equinox coming up, if you ha- need any ideas on what to do or need some help with correspondences, I'm actually dropping an article. Well, our in, it's going to be in our monthly outlook that we drop every month, but it's going to be like a little special little extra thing in it. Special so if you need edition. Ideas, a seasonal edition. I have it for you. Yeah. <laughs> If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about upcoming lunar phases and how you can utilize that in your magical practice. So the nearest one from when this episode comes out is going to be on March 21st. It is the new moon in Aries, and I'm already braced for Maria to talk about how it's the greatest moon in the whole wide world. Yes, it is. I I knew I knew as soon as I as soon as I was like oh great here we go <laughs> it is I mean it's my birthday it's not too far away it's true let's celebrate that's, me <laughs> I think I think that that's a really good idea and if you are listening to this make sure to wish Maria a happy birthday uh, around that time Aww, <laughs> it's not welcome. (laughs) Uh, The new moon in Aries is great because it is full of passion and enthusiasm, which is really, really good to apply and pair with a new moon because new moons are all about new beginnings, fresh starts, starting new things, right? So when we have this energy of passion and enthusiasm, and in some cases, sensuality, hmm. (laughs) Uh, the new moon in Aries is a really good time to work on spell work that is going to be leading you to something very confident. I think it's a good time for glamour magic specifically because Aries are so confident. Um, for my friends who are Aries that are listening, yes, I am dragging you. Uh, <laughs> there is this like confidence and passion and just fire that Aries bring to situations. And when we have it paired with the new moon, it really kind of puts that fire under our ass to embrace new beginnings and new chapters with nothing but a head up so i personally think it's a great time for glamour magic that's my personal opinion or any kind of like confidence spell where you're just like gonna walk into a situation with your head held high like Mm -hmm. already completely owning (laughs) the entire situation i think it's perfect for that 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. Especially on the confidence thing. Like, I really think mm-hmm. setting the intentions towards something you need to be more confident behind. And then doing Absolutely. the whole glamour magic for that. I mean, you know, um, like wearing a you know, a dark red lipstick, wearing your power outfit, and then going out and like, you know, whatever, like, let's say at work, you have mm-hmm. gotten blockages and getting that promotion, this would be a great time to be like, no, I am the emperor, I am going to take over the situation and <laughs> own it. So... Yeah. yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think it's a perfect time for all of that. It is just, I don't know, just filled with that passion. Mm-hmm. And passion isn't always sexual. Passion is also like drive, creativity, all these sort of things that just light our fire, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, if you just joined us for this episode or haven't listened to the episode so far this season in lieu of choosing a card and discussing it like we have been doing, instead we're going by the different whole sections in tarot, like the major arcana, the minor, and then like the cups, swords, and all that. I think it's a it's fun and it helps people understand tarot on a deeper level and it helps us shake things up a bit but anyways so this week we are discussing our biggest thoughts on the suit of swords i was going to save the suit for last but i think wands would be perfect to talk closer um talk about closer to the spring equinox so swords deal with the element of air which means knowledge mental health unseen influences and communication but we cannot disregard what a sword is for when it comes to suit of swords either swords are for fighting taking charge defending yourself it represents challenges surrendering swift thinking the things that hurt us and even loss many readers have a difficult relationship with the suit of swords you know, just like the weapon, you know, they are sharp, blunt, and often straight to the point, usually representing topics we want to shy away from, especially since sometimes the person who is pointing this metaphorical sword at us is ourselves. Cue the line, hi, it's me, I'm the problem, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) But we see this on cards like the Five of Swords, Eight of Swords, Ten of Swords, and the Knight of Swords. And one huge thing the um, sword suit teaches us is to trust in ourselves and our abilities and knowledge that we can take charge of situations and that we shouldn't like discount our own power. It is so easy to like pass the buck and hope someone else will do something for us, but the swords (laughs) doesn't let us get away with that. You need to become your own savior. You need to stand up for yourself and you need to fight back. We see this on cards like the ace the two of swords the eight of swords the knight the queen and even sometimes depending on the circumstance the seven of swords now pain sorrow and loss and devastation isn't sugar-coated on the suit and tarot it truly like doesn't let you toxic positivity your way out of painful situations it makes you look at these harsh like harsh emotions in the eye so you can deal with it rather than sweep it under the rug so those painful moments don't become anchors but rather something to help sharpen your blade with just like our queen of swords has done we see depictions of these rough emotions on cards like the three of swords five five of swords six of swords and the ten of swords 
Now, speaking more on dealing with the tough stuff, these cards also let us know that it's time to recoup after a difficult period. While it is necessary to deal with the tough stuff, it's it can easily lead to being overwhelmed and burnout. Cards mm-hmm. like the Four of Swords and once again, the Five of Swords, Six of Swords tell us it's time to rest, regroup, and figure out our thoughts in an ultimately healthy way. Um, Sometimes, though, walking away or resting isn't an option. The swords also remind us that we are allowed to fight back when, like, situations call for it. We don't have to just sit back and deal with the blows. Sometimes we have to be sneaky, as seen on the Seven of Swords and the Queen of Swords with her wit. Sometimes brute force is is more of the answer um as seen on like the ace and the knight of swords but last but not least knowledge and logic play a major role in the suit i really feel like the swords is like chess sometimes you need to play the long game exercise strategy and our stores of knowledge to overcome obstacles or even to create something unlike the knight of swords who rushes into things um to tackle them like cards like the two of swords the page and the king tell us not so fast they represent planning pros and cons lists reminds us how smart we are in our own unique ways and how we should use that to our utmost advantage and taking the slow route to remind um to guarantee success um how do you view the suit of swords robin dear first of all i am once again at a point where i have very little to add to what you said but I will say that I, I deeply feel that the suit of swords is wholly misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a lot of interpersonality that comes with the suit of swords mm-hmm. where, where in some suits things are put upon us. Mm-hmm. I feel as though the suit of swords, we are putting it upon ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of that, while things might look bad or dire, even in cases like the three of hearts, where we're dealing with things like harp or three of hearts, three of swords, we're dealing with <laughs> things like heartbreak, right? Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, um, the, our pain is real, but our reaction to it is in our own control. Um, mm-hmm. So there is this kind of... I don't know, misunderstood error that comes, I feel like, with the suit of swords, where I feel like we actually have a lot more control of the situations than they necessarily look first brush. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, um, I think it goes back to the whole thing. Hi, I'm the problem. Yeah, it's me. I'm the problem. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just feel like it's a very deeply misunderstood suit. And I feel like oftentimes when people see the, the any sword card come out, mm-hmm. they're like, uh-oh. And it's like, well, yeah, uh-oh. But, you know, we are the problem and the solution. So mm-hmm. how do we fix it? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, you see that like on the Eight of Swords, like where someone tries yeah. to be blind to the situation, but there is a way out of the situation. They just don't want to see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Or even like you have the Nine of Swords where we have this kind of nightmare situation. Mm-hmm. Well, nightmares are exactly that. They're in our brain. They're nightmares. They're not real. They're not necessarily based in reality. And mm-hmm. There is a feeling, not a reality. Yeah. Um, that's why we have expressions like, this is my nightmare, because mm-hmm. this is the worst thing you've imagined, not that it's necessarily rooted in reality. Yeah. And I also like mental health plays a very big role 
in yep. the swords. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, mental health struggles are without, like outside of our control. But, you know, obviously mm-hmm. there's methods to help deal with it and all that. But, you know, right. some so like actually using is- mental health as a great example, mm-hmm. take something like chronic depression, right? I, mm-hmm. As something I suffer with. Um, it is out of my control when it starts and even being in it. But Mm -hmm. what is in my control is the coping skills that I use to get through it, knowing Mm -hmm. who my safe people are to talk through things, etc. So while it's out of my control, I do have some things that I I can have control over to help it. It's not going to make it go away. It's not like I can just say, well, I've decided I'm not depressed (laughs) anymore. But there are choices we can make that are our own choices that will help us out of it um, Mm -hmm. and help at least alleviate some of the issue. And I feel like that's why this suit is so massively misunderstood because I think a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not, Mm -hmm. don't want to admit that there may be the problem. (laughs) It's a hard pill to swallow. I don't blame them. Yeah, I completely agree. (laughs) Spring has sprung, sort of. Um, (laughs) Sort of for you. It's a full blown here. Well, not, not really at all for me. I'm under a foot and a half of snow, but... I regardless. Okay. One second, one prime. second. You're under a foot and a half snow. I'm under a foot and a half of pollen. Like it's gross. I wish out there. that was me. I wish that was me, babe. It's so Honestly, disgusting. I would be getting like the allergy version of the depot shot. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. They have it. It's like an allergy shot. I'd be getting that like every four weeks. I would rather pollen. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> spring is sprung. Whether you're under a foot of snow like me or you're under a mountain of pollen like Maria. And because of that, what happens when spring sprungs? Spring springs? Spring rains. Is that the pagan festival start? Uh, We have things Mm -hmm. like renaissance festivals that I know a lot of people are into, but there is specifically pagan festivals where we have these massive events and gatherings sometimes they will last for a whole weekend sometimes they'll be a one day thing and Mm -hmm. Maria and I thought that we would take some time today to talk about the good and the bad that comes with these and just ways to kind of protect yourselves Uh, if you've listened to season one we have talked about it in the past but that was also pre-covid Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think we recorded it and like the next year like everything shut down so it was like yeah yeah. Useless. Yeah, it was pre-pandemic. So <laughs> we figured we would kind of touch back on this because also because we've had the pandemic, this is also probably one of the first years that a pagan festival might be opening up in your area mm-hmm. since you have discovered witchcraft because a lot of people got into witchcraft in 2020. We had more yeah. time to explore ourselves at home. Mm-hmm. So that being said, Maria, do you want to start us off? What What is something that you love about pagan festivals? I love the different like small business shops that they usually have set up. Like there's so much variety and like things like, okay, back in the day, it was really easy to find like these things on Instagram and like, but now even on TikTok, it's hard to find like this wide range of like pagan and like spiritual like tools and, um, ours is always, it's like just in general (laughs) flea market. Yeah. A huge flea market to just, for witchcraft stuff 
it's so nice and there's usually like a few like thrifting places so you'll find stuff for like dirt cheap i literally bought a oh my gosh it was a it's a pretty tall cauldron i got it for five dollars and i got amazing i remember that i remember when you got that yeah and i got two antique lanterns from a pagan festival as well and i got those for 13 dollars i mean (sighs) it's it's so great like and they usually have um like brooms and like the Mm -hmm. really fancy ones like so you don't have to get them shipped which is usually like expensive to get them shipped (laughs) and risky yeah (laughs) but yeah it's just really nice to see all the different witchy small businesses in one place (laughs) yeah okay so we'll go back and forth what's another good thing that you like and i do have one more good thing i want to say after you're done speakers presentations um Mm -hmm. you think about i don't know if any of you listeners have ever been to other festivals like pride parade or god my reference of festivals that aren't pagan are really just something i've got pride parade and then i have (laughs) Folsom street fair (laughs) (laughs) i'm from san francisco (laughs) pride and domination Both of those examples. (laughs) Um, You have usually things like a center stage, right? And like in Pride Parade, you would have things like performances or Mm -hmm. like music performances or like I know some years we've had uh, like poetry performances and just dance performances, etc. At Folsom Street, there are other things. I'm not going to get into it. If you don't know what that is, (laughs) Google it. Um, (laughs) um, Unless you're a minor, do not Google it. Um, (laughs) And um, in pagan parades or festivals, you also have usually a center stage as well. And Mm -hmm. you'll have people that are like local-ish at least authors Mm -hmm. that have written these incredible and amazing books that maybe you've never heard of Mm -hmm. or they lead groups um, or are coven leaders etc that will read excerpts from their book they'll give demonstrations they'll tell you about their clubs and things like that and I think it's really cool and then then you have the other side of it too where they've got like drum circles Mm -hmm. and all these just really cool like visual performances as well and I think it's really cool and it's a really good way to not only learn about new names that you've never Mm -hmm. potentially ever heard of but also get like learn that maybe a author that you really like lives nearby you and maybe understands kind of your life experience a little bit more than you had previously thought and I think that's cool yeah I agree um, Go on, what's another, your other one? <laughs> my other one is kind of actually on the same um, thing as you because we usually have group spells at ours, like a group ritual where you're allowed to come join in. And I don't know, it's just really nice for all the togetherness. Like everyone kind of migrates to the middle of the festival and like there's usually a bonfire in the middle and the, they do something mm-hmm. and it's, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. Just like doing something really with a group fun. occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's really fun. I think it's really cool and fun. And I don't know. I really like it. I think that it's great. Makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. So go for the shopping for, <laughs> go for the, shopping. the speakers. Go for the performances. <laughs> Is there anything uh, else actually, that you like? There 
like going off the speaker thing, there's also like workshops sometimes. <gasps> there are um, workshops. You, there are workshops at mine. If you, so if you look up your local pagan festival, see if they have a website, a Facebook page, anything. Mm-hmm. Typically, they'll have like a calendar on there or like a time stamp thing that's like, you know, the West mm-hmm. End of the festival, we are going to have this workshop on this thing at this time by this person. And you can like go learn how to hand dip your own candles, spell candles, or, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to set up your first altar by somebody like you know what i mean there's there's a lot of different things that could happen i saw one once that they taught you how to make your own drum using like hide mm-hmm. like from the beginning how to get the hide how to soften the hide it was really cool um yeah so there's a ton of workshops that you can look up that are just they're cool you should get out there mm-hmm. and especially if you're somebody who perhaps got into witchcraft during the pandemic like like we both said mm-hmm. which yeah a lot of people got into the online occult world is nothing like the real life occult world it is a lot less mm-hmm. vitriolic it's a lot more welcoming and warm mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in my experience at least um you get a lot less of people kind of trying to punch down at you in my mm-hmm. opinion and yeah. I just don't think it can be. I don't think it can be matched and compared to being online only. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think you can get out there if you can. <laughs> yeah, and this also pagan festivals are usually pretty family friendly. Like they usually yes. have some activities for littles. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want your littles to be more involved, you know, with your family's practice, this would be a great time to do that. And then also like networking. If you're a business witch, this is a great time to network with other businesses and to form like really strong relationships with other businesses in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thousand percent. Mm-hmm. So now should we get to the ugly? Us, yeah, <laughs> then that leads us to the less good part of pagan festivals. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, a lot. I think it's important that we state that this is going to be said through experience, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so you know, don't go into something expecting the negative. Instead, mm-hmm. go it um armed with knowledge so that way in the event that something happens you're just a little prepared because circling back to if you've only gotten into witchcraft on the internet or during the pandemic Mm -hmm. some of these things that happen in real life which are you know old dog whistles we'll call it Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh perhaps you've missed because you've been online and you've been in a very kind of insular situation, which is not a dig at you in any mean by any mm-hmm. means. It just sometimes these things happen in a different way that becomes a little bit harder to discern um, if you've never been in these scenarios. Mm-hmm. So, Maria, why don't you start us off with the first and biggest problem in our, in my opinion, probably yours too, which is white supremacy. <laughs> Oh my gosh, especially here down south, we have a big white supremacy problem, of course. And that still, in like, they do come to like our pagan festivals because they are pagan. Like, they usually are um, 
uh, like the Norse, like, but the kind mm-hmm. of like warped Not thing, to you know. say that all Norse pagans are. Oh, yeah, are no. I, that's why I said warped. Just, I'm not saying Maria is saying that. I yeah. just, just, I don't want anybody <laughs> to hear that and then think that that's what we're saying. That's not what we're saying. <laughs> no, no, no. But yeah, they, they, they can be, I don't, I don't know. Every time I've experienced them, they've kind of stayed off and away. Um, and did their own thing and kind of looked down their noses at other people. But they're still there, so you have to be careful about who you're talking with and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a few things to look out for specifically when we are talking about white supremacists in the pagan sphere. Runic symbols are not inherently a racist thing to see at all. Runes aren't inherently racist at all. Uh, they aren't inherently racist in the slightest bit, but there are runes that are racist. So while runes are not inherently racist or dog whistles by any means, there are certain runes to look out for. And we actually had a really amazing class by Warrior Witch Nike where they talked about um, intro to Norse paganism and they did a whole section on dog whistles, which is amazing. It is on our Patreon if you want to look it up. We'll probably do something to align with this episode to just show stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. But in case you want, you know, a little bit deeper situation there, it does exist. (laughs) So things to look out for, obviously, are things like the SS um, symbol. Obviously, Mm -hmm. we should all by now know that SS is uh, a Nazi symbol. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But there there are also different runic symbols. I unfortunately don't know what all of them are called. But what I do know is that there's one, the Othala rune. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, that is, it's the Othala rune that kind of looks like a pointing up fish. And then mm-hmm. they like add a little tail at the end of it. Um, yeah. That also points up. So it's the one that looks like an upward fish. Again, just because there's an Othala tattoo does not mean somebody is necessarily a white mm-hmm. supremacist. So we need to consider the context with things that come with it. <laughs> Do they have other things yeah. like a black sun on them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do they have an SS symbol? Do they have the iron cross? Um, these are all symbols to be looking out for. There is also the uh, Alges symbol that has as again alges is not a symbol in and of itself of white supremacy it's the one that looks like a y but the center mm-hmm. continues like a tree branch kind of pointing upwards mm-hmm. but it's got um like the fern around it on the outside mm-hmm So that's something to look out for and just kind of look at all these things with the context of other things that are happening. If you see things like Wolves of Vinland on somebody, they're a white supremacist. That is a white supremacy organization. (laughs) Like here, like down south, you can tell 100%, especially when you're walking through the parking lot because they'll have like a Trump thing and then they'll have a bunch of Norse symbols on their car as well so that's kind of like <laughs> you know like flashing lights like obviously you know yeah it, it, it should be <laughs> it 
<laughs> it should be at least, but you know, who knows? Maybe you are totally just new to all of this and that is not your fault, which is why we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things to look out for, 88 <laughs> um, is another symbol of Nazism, white supremacy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, these are the things generally to look out for again we have a far more in-depth version of this on patreon but paired with this episode i will be making an infographic just for some of the things that we've touched on uh it's important to know that this is a problem paganism has a white supremacy problem we just Mm -hmm. do it's unfortunate but part of how we start to get it out of our community in my Mm -hmm. opinion is by informing ourselves of what to look out for so we don't fall down the accidental (laughs) all alt-right pipeline (laughs) and i think it's also important now that we're talking about white supremacy when you go to a pagan festival it's going to be very white like oh yes very white um, very, there's very rarely, white. rarely any like people of color like that have booths and stuff. And um, to be fair, who fucking blames them when we have people like white supremacists yeah. allowed in the event? That's mm-hmm. a whole other fucking thing to to dissect. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I can't blame them. Yeah. But I will say I have seen an increase of people in color and more diverse faces. Um like every single year that I go. So yes, I would agree with that 100%. It is improving. It is um, improving. And yeah. part of how that continues to improve is that we make ourselves very aware of this predatory, insidious part of our culture. Because that's what it is. It's a part of our culture. And pretending like mm-hmm. it's not makes the issue so much worse. <laughs> yeah. Pretending like white supremacy is not a problem in paganism only allows white supremacy to grow and become an even bigger problem. So I think addressing the elephant in the room is probably one of the most important things that we can do. Um, Want to talk about the other big thing? Yes. Predators. (laughs) Well, okay. I also wanted to bring up the... um, which they are predators, the pagan cults that are well, usually that, there. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. talk about. The predators. Well, yeah, there's predators. also regular predators right, there, which right, we will talk that, about later. I mean, but I feel like if you're going to go to any kind of festival, like it doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's pagan or not, there's going to be predators there. You should know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's just a being safe in 2023 situation. Assume there's predators everywhere in terms of like SA, the. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Uh, sex trafficking is at an all-time high in our country like so pagan prides aside please just be safe out there go uh, with a group of friends go with your family use basic discernment when we're in these sort of things and keep yourself safe um mm-hmm. so that wasn't the kind of predator i meant <laughs> please explain the kind of predator that you mean maria <laughs> so okay um they usually have booths set up and they they're just handing out all these like brochures about joining their coven and there is always an order there's usually typically a cis white man on top of said order who calls himself a priest and he is followed by a long line of priestesses (laughs) so yeah they just go around and they try to be like this will be you know a place for friends where we can get together and it's not it's a never is it's a cult (laughs) this isn't to say by any means that any kind of ordered 
covens that have mm-hmm. a priest and a high priestess, for example, like you might find in Wicca as a great example, mm-hmm. is predatory. No, by no means saying that. Mm-hmm. However, first first thing, if you're listening to this and you're a minor and an adult has invited you to a coven <laughs> scenario, get out of there. Like, call your mom. <laughs> call your dad. Call your trusted support person. Mm-hmm. Because no legitimate coven would invite a minor to come and do coven activities with them without a parental guardian period Mm -hmm. like they just wouldn't in fact i was working on a book recently where i was touching on this and i actually reached out to a handful of my friends who are in like hierarchical pagan groups and Mm -hmm. confirmed this that I wasn't talking out my ass and they all who have no relation to one another said the same thing if they are if you are a minor and they are inviting you to these situations like it this is trouble get out (laughs) yeah I also find like if it's Wiccan based Wiccan like they don't usually they're way more like you have to be invited by a friend basically Mm -hmm. like this is more like we'll accept anybody (laughs) and they're very aggressive like Mm -hmm. it's like a salesman where they try to keep you there and they just keep talking to you until you agree to like come to their event now that being said there are covens that come to this thing where they are looking for new faces mm-hmm. but what they'll do in my experience is not invite you to their coven but instead invite you to hey we're having a public group gathering yeah 100 yeah where it's an open invite to anybody and then if you continue to show up to their events and have interest you then might get an invite for something further but that is kind of showing a commitment and an, and an interest that is a mm-hmm. trust that you build with that coven over time that is isn't something that they're just gonna say please join our coven (laughs) yeah well that and you usually like the um predatory ones usually are like something something the order you know like not like come you know join the witches community of columbia (laughs) like it's very the names are very you can tell the difference between Mm -hmm. like coven cult (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's a cult. Call your dad. Um, <laughs> it, it just, it's one of those situations where really trust your gut on this. If it feels mm-hmm. too good to be true, it is. Mm-hmm. It just is. Um, I am saying this with nothing but love in my heart, but you are not special. Um, they want you for something. And mm-hmm. usually it's money. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. To be like, by the way, there's a hundred dollar trees. And so usually it's money. Sometimes it's stuff mm-hmm. that's more insidious, um, but usually it's money. So just take it with a grain of salt. True people that are looking for a new person in their coven is they're not gonna have a flyer. So no, they're gonna be way more like subtle, as I said friend of a friend in of a friend. the true idea of what a coven is these are people that you are trusting with your power with your sacred ceremonies rituals with your like sacred group rituals like this is a very like close 
tight knit. We don't talk about what happens in Coven outside of Coven. They -hmm. wouldn't just be making a flyer to invite anybody, though they Mm -hmm. might make flyers to invite to public group gatherings that are not Coven related. It just Coven's hosting something. And those are cool. Mm -hmm. Go to those. Why not? Yeah, especially um, if like it's a community event, like a full exactly. moon thing. Those are so much fun. So much fun. But yeah. know the difference and be prepared for it. So <laughs> just something to consider. <laughs> Say no to the cult. <laughs> Don't join a cult. Um, all right. Well, I think yeah. we had a touch base on everything. Yeah. Yeah, I think we did really well. <laughs> yeah. So, Robin, <laughs> what is stirring your cauldron right now? Thank you so much for asking. Oh, you're so uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> the Chani app. Um, Chani Nichols is an astrologer. I talked about her a bunch on the Discord. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her app. It's an astrology app, right? And they have like a free version and a paid for version. I do the paid for version because I'm psycho. Um, no, it actually is just that good that I feel like it's worth it. Um, and it does like your daily astrology, right? Mm-hmm. But then it also tells you like the moon phase that we're in, the moon sign that we're in. I think that that's all you get if you do the free version. Um, and maybe you get like the weekly forecast as well. But if you, the paid version, which is what I have, has like an affirmation of the week, a tarot card of the week. It has a reading for you for the week in terms of like your personal astrology journal prompts guided meditations altar suggestions rituals um and then does your like personal transits Mm -hmm. and i've been like i check my transits literally every day um i'm obsessed with it it's so good it's been so on point i'm i'm obsessed so i'm downloading it right now (laughs) yeah if you're an astrology girly like me uh, (laughs) uh, i love it i'm totally obsessed with it i really am and this is like i think she's kind of big i don't listen to her podcast but i know it exists i I think Mm -hmm. she's big so i just want to preface this is not like an advertisement that we've been paid for i've Mm -hmm. been genuine i pay for this genuinely and i've been using it for like the last four months and i'm just Mm -hmm. completely obsessed nike actually gave me a recommendation for it no obsessed obsessed Nike just uh, coming in and helping on this podcast episode honestly, in spirit we're, we're, i'm gonna tag nike in the caption <laughs> oh my word nike was with us in spirit in spirit <laughs> but yeah i'm totally obsessed i think it's so good i think that if you're if you have the affordability to pay for it you should because mm-hmm. in my opinion in terms of like astrology, uh, uh, like specifically, it's the only astrology app that I paid for that I have actually felt like I'm getting my money's worth. Yeah. Well, well, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so, Maria, what's not stirring your cauldron this week? Let me tell you. (laughs) So um, if you've been buying tarot decks lately, especially from indie people, um, you've probably realized that there has been a ton of delays. Like it just like Mm -hmm. a date will be given and then it'll just get pushed out. And this is not the tarot like or the divination decks like creators 
fault necessarily because it's it's the whole shipping process right now and a lot of unfortunately a lot of indie people go with um buying like printing their decks in china because it is cheaper for in most cases so they have to wait for it to you know there's so many delays right now with china and things like that so we're already experiencing that in other areas of our life but um but when it comes to like small businesses like those mm-hmm. get pushed out even farther like for development and shipping and all that and i just i want to remind people to be very kind to tarot deck creators right now like they literally have no say right now over when they're going to get their decks and Mm -hmm. they keep getting like different dates and stuff. It's really, it is not their fault. I mean, I do think right now tarot deck creators should probably not be giving dates anymore until they have a deck in hand and be like, okay, now Mm -hmm. we're going to start shipping things out. Um, But unfortunately, you know, I don't, they just, I know they want to keep people like informed of the dates mm-hmm. they are receiving or yeah. they're getting their own hopes up and it's just a whole mess and I feel really bad mm-hmm. but I'm like mm-hmm. waiting on two Kickstarter decks that you know just are taking forever because of shipping delays Ugh. Yeah. terrible so bad If you've just joined us this week, every week we talk about creators that we are loving right now. This can be anybody from an author, podcaster, social media account, just anything. Anything that we found that we're loving right now. These are not advertisements. These are just things we've organically found that we are loving. And this season we have added follower recommendations. So if you are somebody who follows us on social media, or even if you don't follow us on social media, but you really, really, really want us to hear about something, you can email us um, at submissions at coffeeandcauldrons.com. And we are not going to promise that we're going to share everything that has been sent to us, but we are sharing, you know, some stuff that has been sent to us that we totally vibe with. So mm-hmm. that said, Maria, who are you loving right now? I, okay. So I was going to do one thing. Now I'm going to do another. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I recently bought the Alice in Wonderland tarot deck and it is so very very cute and very pretty and i love all the colors and if you love like very floral stuff and want a good spring deck i think it is perfect i really love it and luckily um oh my gosh who makes it again the inside editions yeah Mm -hmm. um if you've gotten their previous decks, these cards are more like the Hocus Pocus one. They're thinner and they're easier to shuffle on like the Labyrinth and... Oh gosh, what's the other one I have? Um, I don't know. But they're not as thick and they're not as matte. So yeah, I highly recommend checking them out because they are super duper cute. So cute. You've been loving. So I think I've talked about this shop before in the past, but Lady Moon Co. Um, 
I think I did a few years ago because she sent me the tarot deck that they had done of the sirens. But she sent mm-hmm. me their croc charms, some of their croc charms, because as we know, I'm a croc croc mom. Um, my golf crocs <laughs> are just demonias for moms. Change my mind, you can't. Um, and I'm obsessed with them. They're so cute. And like, I went to her website and she, because I was in to buy more, and she has like full sets of like practical magic, the craft, just like things that are witchy, like Ouija board ones and stuff. So fucking mm-hmm. cute. So if you are trash like me and uh, you have crocs, <laughs> uh, you should check them out. They're really, really cute. Like, I really, really like them. You couldn't catch me dead, but the charms are super cute. <laughs> I will literally buy you a pair of Crocs for your birthday. I had I something else I was going to get you for your birthday, but maybe I'll throw it out. Maybe I'll just get you some Crocs. No. And you're going to put them on your feet because you're going to be like no. me. Who's like, I'd rather well, fucking no. die. Scarlet, on your feet. <laughs> Scarlet go, has a rain. pair. And I put them on, like, when I go outside and take up the trash. <sighs> Don't like them. Okay, well, it turns out that you're a liar. That's crazy. Anyway, (laughs) who is our listener-submitted creator? So our listener said anything, Claire, good child, which, fair. Um, Reasonable. (laughs) Reasonable. But I do want to point out that she has a new book coming out that looks really good. She has the Ancestor book coming out, which teaches you how to um, form a relationship with your ancestors and just about, you know, honoring them. So I'm very excited about that. And it looks very good. And she's like doing this whole like 100 days of ancestor work thing. So if you follow her on Instagram, you should definitely check that out. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Thank you all so much for joining us today. We hope that we will see you again on Friday, March 17th for our next Coffee Talk episode or on March 24th for the sixth episode of season four. You can keep an eye out on our social media or head to our website, coffeeandcauldrons.com to find out more information and see what we are up to. And don't forget to join us on Patreon March 18th for a cult freak boy and my (laughs) biological father, John E.L. Tenney, (laughs) for one of his world famous weird lectures for the library tier and up. If you can't make it but would like to join us, the recording will be available a few days later for the rest of Patreon history. (laughs) (laughs) And additionally, our Patreon Magical Beginnings offers our special 25-minute part two episode, a huge library of articles about witchcraft, a Discord community full of fun events and discussions, and we even have a tier that offers one-on-one conversations with Robin and myself. So please, if you are loving our sexy, sensual, just chef's kiss voices, (laughs) take a moment to review us on whatever streaming service that you are tuning in from, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We love reading your reviews and rating us five stars helps us to be seen by others. Thank you to everybody who already has rated us and for everybody who will in the future. We appreciate you. So again, this is Coffee and Cauldrons. With Robin from At A Tired Witch on Instagram. And I'm Maria from At Maria The Arcane on Instagram. All right, you ready? ready? Yeah. <laughs> One, <laughs> two, two, three, five,